Hello, everybody. Welcome in to a new episode of Tricks and Picks. Uh, Liam, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? All right. I'm doing okay. Um, your finals predictions don't look very good. This was a pretty bad uh, – this was a really bad cold take from you. It's like when I read something in the New York Times from the 1930s or 40s about how um, the, the television was never going to take off. That's basically what you sounded like uh, a couple weeks ago when you said that the Celtics were going to win in six. Well, I think I said five at first, actually. But um, actually, you did. You initially, you initially did say they were going to win in five. Yeah, you, you initially did say that. Now it, it is worth noting that I am wrong. I, I don't like to draw too much attention to myself about being right. I am wrong a lot of the time. But this particular playoff, I was right about everything. I think I might be the new guru. I was right about everything. I was right about the Celtics beating the Bucks. I was right about the Celtics beating Miami. I was right about the Warriors beating the Celtics. And everybody doubted me at some point along the way. The odds were against me. And I still came through. I still came through in my predictions against the with these teams, even though people have doubted me. Yeah, I, I, I congrats. You picked the Golden State Warriors to win the championship. <laughs> went on a but, limb. But at some point... At some point, though, early in that series, people were really big on the Celtics. Um, they were like, if they, they were like, there's no way they come back from. Th- I mean, I, I know it didn't get to three one, but we were talking about if it gets to three one. Five minutes away. What? Five minutes away from being three one Celtics. Yeah. Leave with five minutes. Left. No, no, I'm saying before that game though is what I know. I'm saying. Before that game, people were saying, you know, the Celt- the series is almost over, um, and and all that was happening. The odds were way in favor of the Celtics. I didn't, and I still never wavered. I still never wavered on my Warriors prediction. But you know what else I never wavered on? And I don't think you wavered on it either. Was the Jason Tatum under? The Jason Tatum under wins every time. It still won every single time in that entire series. The Jason Tatum under. That is unbelievable. Yeah, he did not have a good series. To say the least, despite what our friend posted on Instagram, correct. Um, <laughs> Jason Tatum had a terrible series. Horrible series. Um, at least points wise, he was decent in terms of assists, but um, points wise and shooting wise, not. I mean, I, I think it was game six games. Or it might have been the whole series as a whole, but I believe it was game six at least. That he shot thirty five percent in the paint. Yeah, that's terrible. I mean, yeah. That would be bad from – that's bad from three in today's NBA. Yeah. Let alone in the Yeah, yeah. It, 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 and it so, would be bad if, like, an average player did that. Right. Let alone let alone your best player. But I think the, the turning point in the series was um, the benching of Draymond Green in game four. Celtics were – looked like they were going to go up 3-1. Kerr took out Draymond Green for the last – whatever it was, eight minutes – and uh, that turned out to be pivotal because Draymond Green really responded um, yeah. to that benching in the next couple of games as well. Yeah, and then uh, then he went and did his podcast. Right, but they <laughs> the the Celtics the, the Celtics are I think they need to keep obviously Marcus Smart. He's one of the best players on the team, but they need a point guard who can distribute. Yeah, they don't have one. And that was the issue in the series. I mean, how many times are they going to turn the ball over? You know that. Game six, every time they looked like they were going to come back, they turned the ball over. Yeah, especially in the third quarter. 
Yeah, but even during that run where they went on 17-2 or whatever it was, uh, where they got it back to about eight, every time they got it to eight, Golden State would miss. Now you've got a chance to get it to six or five, and they would turn the ball over. Um, yeah. So turnovers were kill, killed them more than anything else. It also seemed to be a very big under series in terms of total points. Because they turned the ball over a million times. Yeah. I guess you and because Jason Tatum kept missing shots. Well, and also the because they were the two, two. Um, you could you could use certain metrics that say that the Warriors are the um, best defensive team in the NBA, and you could use other metrics that would say the Celtics were. But either one that you use, those were the top two defensive teams in the NBA. So, I, I personally think the Celtics were a better defensive team than the Warriors. I, I agree, but they they were top two in every metric. So. Um, what like in terms of points allowed or in terms of points allowed shot percentage? Okay, like that, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. um, but yeah, so that th- that was probably to be expected on the unders. I was really, I was also really big on the Kavon Looney overs for rebounds. That yeah. was another one. As long as as long as Kavon Looney stayed in the game and didn't get into foul trouble. Yeah, he always got. He pretty much always got the over on rebounds. I was but really the thing big is, on that. The thing is that um, the thing is that with the Warriors, I, whenever you see the Warriors, I think of the over. It's like a, a lot of college football yeah. fans will. A lot of college football fans will 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 know about this, but like it's like if I if I see college football schedule and I see Texas Tech, I think about the over. Like or the if Warriors I see any not. if I see any Big Twelve game, I automatically think it's an over game. Right. But like what you fail to un- what you fail to recognize is that like the better the bet the odds makers know this, so they adjust yeah, accordingly. Of course. So it, 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 like it's just hard to imagine Warriors games going under. But that series, it was pretty overwhelmingly under. Uh, I, I, yeah, most I mean, of those Celtics, games went under. The Celtics were never a good offensive team, though. Um, no, I mean for a team of that for a finals team, they're a very weak offensive team. Yeah, and and being off be good offensively is extremely easy in the regular season as well. Um, that too, because so, teams teams don't play defense as much. Um, they tend to call fouls. Uh, refs are a little bit more lax in the in the postseason when it comes to calling fouls and all that. Uh, like the game's a little bit more physical, so it's a little hard. Yeah, little and they harder. just don't and they just don't um, play as hard a defense in in any. Um, in in every uh, major sport, the regular season they don't play as much defense, but especially in basketball. Especially in basketball, yeah. It, it, it was for the I I like I said I had my ups and downs. Um, by the way, last week um the this, the the episode was called the Wiggins regret, mm-hmm. uh, and I actually because I regretted I I regret <laughs> I regretted not betting. I, this is like a tongue twister. I regretted not betting on Wiggins. Wiggins. Yeah. And um, the Wiggins over. And I swear to God, I would have won. Wait, I put this in. Uh, I have a picture of this. I have a picture of this. Hold on. Let me pull it up. I. Yeah. Okay. So I had Andrew. Wh- I had last week. I had um, in game six, I think it was. In game six. I had uh, Steph Curry over 28 and a half. Okay. Andrew Wiggins over 18 and a half. Tatum under 27 and a half. Obviously that hit. Uh, Steph Curry over four and a half threes. And Jordan Poole two plus made threes. 
That was plus 1941. So that means I would have won $194. Andrew Wiggins scored 18 points. Motherfucker. Andrew Wiggins fucked me again. That is the, that is the worst beat of all time. The Wiggins one. Like, why, why, why does Wiggins keep beating me? Why couldn't Wiggins swap a point? And then I would have won both times. <laughs> yeah. He could have put up 19 instead of 18. He had to stick with 18. Yeah, he um... was a terrible beat, but but it's worse with a parlay because like the heart, the higher the climb, the harder the fall. That is a that is a brutal beat. Yeah, yeah, that's tough. He did. He had a great series though, but that's tough. He did have a good series, just not good for me. No, no, but um, but yeah, I mean, listen, the Warriors are. Uh, I mean, they have to, they they're in the conversation for one of the greatest teams ever in terms of the four guys or three guys mainly being Draymond, um, Clay, and Steph. But then Iguodala has also been on the team as well. Max Kellerman um, agrees. Yeah, I see. <laughs> I saw this stat, which is insane, that um, Steve Kerr has won like 12% of the, all the NBA championships that's ever existed. That's kind of insane. It is kind of insane. Steve Kerr, though, is also like the luckiest. I'm not saying he's a bad coach. Or, like, isn't good, but he is, like, the luckiest NBA coach of all time. He got himself into, like, the best possible situation. It's not – he's not, like, Phil Jackson or um, – Phil Jackson coached Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. Okay, fine. I'll give you the Phil Jackson, but he's not, like, Greg Popovich. He's not – or at least not on that level of – Phil. would you say Steve Kerr is as good of a head coach as Phil Jackson was? I don't know what the difference is. Well, I would say – I guess time is the difference. Maybe 20 years from now, we'll look back at Steve Kerr and say, uh, Steve Kerr was, but okay, let me ask you a question. If Steve Kerr was like, became the coach of the Knicks instead of Derek Fisher that year, do you think the Knicks become champions? No, but you could, you could use that excuse with any, any, if, if, if Nick Saban was coaching, uh, you know, Austin P would Austin P be the national champion? Like you could use that excuse no. as good players. Well, college football is a little bit of a false equivalency because if I you're a really say, good coach, you just leave that team and then go to the better team. I could say Popovich had Tony Parker, Tim Duncan, and Ginobili as well. Like you, you know, who's, right, who's but Popovich is credited for championships more than most other. But also, they had they Mark Jackson was the coach of that same exact team in. 2013 and the next after they fired mark jackson the very next year they won the championship well they were probably on track they were already getting a lot better anyway it's kind of hard they were the eight seed they were the eight seed seed, but they were getting a lot better anyway they were like they were they were climbing do you really think that hiring steve kerr is the reason they they won 72 games do you think yes? Do you think they win one without? You think they would win the same amount of titles with Mark Jackson? They're the best third quarter um, team. They come out and, and and go crazy in the third quarter. You think that's a coincidence? No, I think it's because they're a really good team. I don't think Steve Kerr is necessarily. You don't think adjustments good. made in the locker room have anything to do with it? Eh, a little bit. A little bit. I, I think that you're supposed to make adjustments in the locker room. And look, I'm not saying he's look, look. I am not bashing Steve Kerr. All I'm saying is he had an amazing situation. He found himself in an amazing situation. That's all I'm saying. But also, also every, every, every uh, thing that he probably knows, not everything, but a lot that he knows about coaching Kerr is also from Phil Jackson as well, because Phil Jackson was his coach in the NBA. 
that too. I'm sure he learned a lot. Though I don't think he's a triangle guy. No, but I'm saying to where we're comparing them. But yeah, well, listen, what what happened when Phil Jackson um, had to actually use his basketball mind? Didn't have Michael Jordan and all these guys when he came to the Knicks. Well, Phil Jackson was not a coach for the Knicks. No, but he put together. He sort of was. No, he wanted. No, 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 no. I wouldn't say Phil, but he wasn't. He was basically a GM for the Knicks. But he was, he was, he was like Moneyball. It was like he was telling them the coach sort of how to how to play it. Yeah, that yeah, basically, that's basically what it was. It was similar to a Moneyball situation in basketball, and it failed terribly. He was obsessed with the triangle offense. He was obsessed with having a coach who would run the triangle offense. Right. Uh, he was just obsessed with triangles. That's that that was his thing. Basically, right. um, and yeah, it, that. But it, it was a little different because, again, he wasn't he wasn't the one coaching. I do still think that that that's a big difference. Um, by the way, I'd be the first to tell you I think that Popovich is a better all time coach than um, Phil Jackson. Yeah, um, I don't I don't know how. I mean, I think it was crazy how much Phil Jackson was talked up before he be, before he became the executive of the Knicks. Right. Um, because he had so much success coaching, uh, but it, you know, obviously, it didn't work out with the Knicks. Because you know, anyway, I want to talk a little bit about Kyrie Irving. Uh, it looks like it looks like Kyrie Irving is leaving the Nets, and there's a lot of talk about where he would go. Obviously, in New York, there's a lot of talk about him going to the Knicks. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what percentage of Knicks fans want Kyrie Irving. But I think you're crazy if you don't. Uh, he would be, he could be the best point guard in Knicks. Okay, fine. The best point guard in the past since Walt Frazier, at least. Do you know who the last Nick guard to make an all-star team was? I don't know, but it's probably at least 15 years ago. Yeah. Stefan Marbury? Did he ever make one? No, older than that. Um, uh, the last Knicks point guard. Um, I have no idea who well, was. It was, it. It was it was Alan Houston in two thousand. It was Alan Houston? Yeah, they did that on Get Up yesterday. Alan Houston, the most one of the most overpaid players in Knicks history. Yeah. Yeah, so basically, here's a, here's the thing with the NBA. With the NBA, with basketball, the point guard is sort of like the quarterback. It's very important to have a star. Offensively, at what? least, yeah. Offensively, at least, yeah. Offensively. It's very important to have a good point guard. The Knicks, sort of like how the Jets have lacked um, uh, a quarterback over, throughout you know my entire lifetime, basically. Uh, the Knicks have lacked a point guard. Yeah. And if the Knicks and if the Knicks can actually get one of the best point guards in the game, I don't see how you can sneeze at that. I agree. I don't think I, I will say it, I don't think he's going to leave though. You don't think he's going to leave? I think he's going to leave. I don't think he wants to be in Brooklyn. I, I don't know. I think he's doing a little. Maybe you're right. Maybe he... no. I think he does want to be in Brooklyn. I think he's just doing a little uh, negotiating. Well. Uh, well, okay, so I'm checking on Odds Checker right now. This was updated two days ago, and they're giving 
Kyrie Irving, a 40 they're giving the Lakers a 40% chance to land Kyrie Irving. I call bullshit on that one. But when though? You're it's, talking about the, in this offseason or the next one when he's a free agent? No, I, this offseason. Uh, I don't know about that. Or it says, I'm sorry, I don't know if it's this offseason, it's next team odds. Yeah, so I, guess I mean, I, 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 I don't know about that. But, I, I mean, I know the odds are there, but I, I don't know about that. But I, I think the Knicks obviously should go for him. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. The, the only thing is the Knicks don't really have anything that they can give to the Nets. Yeah, it used to or, – or, or to Kyrie. And the other thing that I would say for the Lakers is that if they were to trade, even though they're sort of in the same situation now, so I don't, I guess that doesn't really matter. But, or I, well, but if they were to trade for Irving, what they would give up? I mean, what do the like the Lakers are going to put so much pressure on themselves right now to win because of the age of their team and stuff like that? I, if they add Irving, I mean, if they don't, if they didn't win this year, then they, that would be just a complete and utter failure. They would have nothing left. Yeah, they would be like the best theoretical team. Right, but but then if they didn't win this year, then you'd have Kyrie, who's like maybe in his twelfth year in the NBA, LeBron, who's getting into his forties, even though he's great, Davis, who's injured, also in like his twelfth year. So you you you'd have like a lot an older sort of depleted team. Yeah, yeah. This is this is true. Um, I will say though, talking about now, I know he's not a Nick fan, um, but I do think this is a common viewpoint. Um, and, and I'm not so much a star chaser anymore. I do understand that sometimes going after a star might not be a good idea. Like, say, if the Knicks went after Westbrook, though he's not really a star. He's just a big name, yeah. but he's not good anymore. Um, you would likely not even know who Westbrook is had, if his name wasn't Westbrook. Like, it, like if he was playing the way he's playing now. But um, Evan Roberts was saying the other day that the Knicks shouldn't get Kyrie Irving because he's aging or like he's 30 years old but 30 years old is not very old anymore i mean like 30 years old is like okay maybe 20 years ago 30 was old but point guards could play for a while i mean he still has i I mean like he's younger than he's maybe the average this may be the average age in the nba maybe a little bit higher but the notion that like because he's 30 that that's too old to get uh, to get one of the best point guards in the league is just crazy and getting a great point guard like i said before is like one of the most important things you can do as a team, as a franchise, yeah, like Kyrie Irving makes your team so much better, right? But it's just that he's there's so much other things that come with it, which is what the, the reason that you wouldn't want right, to get him, want is, him regardless, exactly. But the reason that you wouldn't want to get him is not because of the age; it would be because of if there was a reason, it would be because of all the other stuff. Like the Nets yeah. thought they were going to get him, and they didn't really, and and stuff like that. But yeah, correct. Yeah, I, I don't know. The, the Nets are it, – it'll be an insane 30 for 30 probably when it's all said and done. But yeah, There could be a lot of insane 30 for 30s. I bet there'll be a 30 for 30 on Steve Cohen at some point. I'm not kidding. But uh, – Wait, wait, anyway, wait. Why do you look at me like that? They, I, I, I don't really know what that was. No, no. Uh, I think there'll be a 30 for 30 on Steve Cohen at some point. Whether okay. the Nets are become a success or a failure – there will be a 30 for 30 on Steve Cohen. Either Never way, be positive. I said there will be. Either way, uh, 
There'll be a 30 for 30 on the Nets. There'll be a 30 for 30 on Kyrie. There'll be a 30 for 30 on James Harden's strip club attendance. Okay. Yes, exactly. Sure. That was what I was going to say. Yes. It would Um, be crazy 30 for 30. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to it. Um, Okay. So I want to get into uh, Makai Becton. Um, He gained a lot of weight, Makai Becton. Uh, He showed up to training camp, apparently close to 400 pounds. Uh, a real, it, you know, what's funny to me? Well, not funny, but like weird about um, not the, training camp, but yeah. What was it then? It's OTAs. OTAs. I'm sorry. OTAs. Yeah. Um, he showed up to OTAs. Um, very overweight, obviously, yeah. because he hasn't played, and probably, I mean, the thing with football players, especially linemen, is that they're sort of the thing with linemen, at least, is that they're encouraged to be a little bit fat, but not so fat that they're not athletic. Right. Like they're encouraged to be fat to a point. And then if they and they eat like mania, they eat they eat like animals, right? During the, uh, and and they burn it all and they burn a lot of it off. So they're they kind of stay in shape. But if you continue those eating habits, you can gain a lot of weight. Right. And obviously that would just be so bad because it, you know if you're too heavy as an offensive lineman and you have no athleticism, you can't do your job. So that's a real concern for the Jets. Um, Boomer Esiason. Uh, suggested that maybe the Jets cut him and then like eat what $10 million. It would be such a waste of money if they did that when hey, he can listen, get back into shape. Also, I don't think this is a big deal. Listen, the, 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 there's been two months. What is it? Two. There's been four months of off season, something like that for the Jets. It's five because they ended in January, but now you've got, you know, three months to the season where, so in, in the off season, that sort of off season, you weren't really doing anything, but now he's going to be, you know, in the gym every day and doing training camp every day. And with the team, I, I think that there's plenty of time to cut the weight or, or redistribute the weight and stuff like that. I agree, but it's still a concern. I mean, you look at a guy like, okay, let's take Eddie Lacy for instance, he got fat and like, he never got, he never really got thin. So you, you never know what might happen. I think there's a lot of guys though, that you could, you, you could but to be you're right. Although to be fair to Makai Becton, you know what? He's a young. He's a young player. He's probably around our age, probably even younger. Um, and as a professional football player, your your team has a bunch of trainers, nutritionists, all sorts of stuff. Like, aren't they on top of this to some extent? Yeah, but that's what I'm saying though. He's, he hasn't been with them much through the off season, no, things but, like that. No, what I'm saying though is that isn't it kind of the fault of the nutritionists on some level? Like, are they not are they not communicating with them at all, and they're not saying like. Or you want to eat a little less during this time when you're not practicing? Like, like on some level, I think it's organizational. It's not just I, I, on him. I agree with that, but like, yeah, I mean, it's 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 um, it's something that's like they. Uh, I, I just think he's not with the team. That's why I said, like, I think that he'll have a chance when he's with the team to make a difference in the weight. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Uh, hopefully, this becomes a non-issue for the Jets uh, because you know the Jets are supposed to have high hopes this season. I already bet on them to beat the Ravens. In, yeah, in week one. Um, yeah. Uh, so I want to do a little um, Mets Yankees stuff. Uh, the Mets and the Yankees, so far, or arguably at least, the two best team. They, they have the two best records in the MLB right now, um, and I, I think that Mets fans take the Yankees personally 
um, we take it personal because a huge part of our personality is opposing the Yankees. Like, that's just a big part of it. And or at least for most Met fans, like, like um, I think that it's great that the Mets, and I'm very happy that the Mets are one of the best teams in sports in, in baseball, that they're, uh, that, that we have one of the best owners in baseball. Uh, it's all great, but a big thorn in our side, and I'm sure all Met, most Met fans at least would agree with me on this, is that the Yankees are better. And mm-hmm. the fact that the Yankees are better than the Mets right now and in all probability would beat the Mets in, in a series, you know, that's a real thorn in our side. Because as Met fans, a huge part of us is opposing the Yankees. And like, let's say for the sake of argument, we go to a Subway series. I'm not saying I think a Subway series is going to happen. A lot can happen and it's a long season. But I'm just saying for the sake of argument, if that happens and the Mets lose, that is horrible. Like, it doesn't matter it, that, I mean, it matters. It's good that the Mets made the World Series, but it feels fucking awful for us to make to get to the World Series, yet we're still the Yankees. So younger bro- little brother. Wait, so, so, so if if that was inevitably going to happen, so say that he says that we're going to, if you get to the World Series, you're going to lose to the Yankees, no matter what. Would would you rather lose in the NLCS or the NLDS and not even get there, or would you rather get there? No, I'd rather get there. Really? I would rather get to the. So you would rather. I would rather oh, – you're saying the Yankees win the World Series. Are you saying – Yankees, no matter lose. what, if you get to the World Series, Yankees beat you. If that, if you knew that was happening, would you rather just lose in the earlier round? Well, if I lose in the earlier round in this hypothetical, do the Yankees still win the World Series? Yeah. Then no. What's the difference? The difference is that they just have all these bragging rights right in your face. They, so they still do. Uh, they won the World Series. We lost to the team that they beat. Uh, not that's, as much. That's, just, I don't that's think. worse. <laughs> that's even that. That can't. That's not any better. How is that a better situation? Let's say, for the sake of argument, the the Mets the Mets lose to the Dodgers mm-hmm. in the NLCS. Mm-hmm. The Mets play the Dodgers in the NLCS. The Yankees are in the World Series. Mm-hmm. The Mets lose to the Yankees in the World in the Subway Series if they beat the Dodgers. But if yeah. we lose to the Dodgers, the Yankees beat them. Right. I mean, I would say, okay, if we were, if you were to give me a choice between the Dodgers beating the Yankees in the World Series, if they beat us in the NLCS, that's a better scenario. I agree. But if the Yankees are winning regardless, it's like, that's not really any different of a situation. We're still the little brother. Mm. Because we lost to the team that they beat. Right. So how can we, how can we possibly. They'll always be the little, they. They could beat the Yankees in the next five World Series and they'll still be the little brother. That's not true. Yes, those teams oh, are the little shit. brother teams no matter what. Well, what are you how are you defining little brother though? You know what it is. The main teams. If today, if they said if they said there's too many teams in New York, we're cutting half of them out. We want you to just have one team. The teams that would remain would be the Yankees, the the Giants, the Rangers, and the Knicks. The Mets, Jets, Nets. And and pick one um, of the, the hockey teams, um, would, would be cut out. You're right. From a marketing, oh, you're right. From a business standpoint, 
the Yankees will always be more popular. The Yankees will always have more fans than right. any other team in the city. That is a yeah. fact. However, that doesn't mean that the – okay. When I say little brother, I mean like the worst franchise or the worst team. Just because a team – like I don't really care which team has more fans or can sell or can sell more tickets or is talked about more. I don't care about that. What I care about is winning and losing. And the fact that the Yankees haven't made a world, haven't even had, had a World Series appearance in the past decade, and it is, and, and the Mets have, and if the Mets like means that you know that that could still be revenge on the Yankees, in a sense, because ultimately they can talk about their twenty-seven rings all they all they want, but it's ultimately not going to matter if they're if they're not winning in recent years. Who cares in that sense? So yeah, they've been way better than the Mets in the last fought. since that World Series. The Yankees have made the ALCS three times. You're right. I agree. I'm not saying they the Mets have been better, but if the Mets can win a World Series before it, can win a World Series, and the Yankees don't even have an appearance in over I, a decade, that's still revenge in a sense. Is what I I'm am. And by the way, just for the record, I think both teams are fugazi, but the. The if it did come down to it, yeah, I think that I would rather probably lose in a first in an earlier round than lose to the Yankees. That I guess are considered a rival. I don't know. They are crosstown rivals. I also will never understand. By the way, I think that's crazy. I think your argument is crazy. Second of all, I will say I can't stand when people say I'm a New York fan or something like that. Like if you're a fan of one team, that means you have some loyalty to the other because they're in the same geographic area. That is complete bullshit. I don't understand that argument at all. Um, it doesn't work that way in sports anywhere. Um, do Alabama fans root for Auburn because they're also in the state of Alabama? And there's far more togetherness just on a cultural level in the South than there is in New York. You know, there is there is a there is a recurring guest on your show who will root for his team's quote-unquote biggest rival because they're also a Big Ten team. Uh, in That's big true. So, he did do that at the time. I don't know if he still would. But, I don't know yeah. if he still would. Although I think there is a little bit more of that because on some level in college football, you can argue that, well, this team, if they, you know, if if a team in our conference wins, uh, you know, it helps us on some level. You can make that argument in college football in a way that you can't really make that argument in, you know, any other, like, like it doesn't really matter if an AL East team, if the Braves win, it doesn't matter. It didn't help the Mets that the Braves won the world series. But I just want to go back to you. Do, do you care about the Dodgers? No. Okay. So the Mets lose to the Dodgers and then, and they lose, you've lost. And then, you know, it does like, I don't, I, I, I'm not thinking about the Tampa Bay lightning at all right now. The Rangers lost and it, it felt horrible, but now imagine the, 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 the Mets lost at the highest pinnacle and then the team that you hate the most and the team that you probably have, you know, your friends like the most, you have more probably Yankee fan friends than the, any other team that's not the Mets, just one at the same time. I mean. Okay, but the same thing happens if we lose to the Dodgers. It's not any better. No, but it's so different to the, for them to be able to say we beat the Mets in the World Series. I guess that's true. I mean, okay, if you knew that, I don't know. Maybe I'm starting to rethink my position a little bit, but I don't really consider those two drastically different because we're, it's still a very similar situation. Mm. It's still very similar. Um, but 
I don't know. It's hard for me to then say, but it, it, at the same time, I think a world, subway series would be fun. And as a fan, oh, I great. enjoy the anxiety that great. comes with it on some level. That makes sense. It'd be great. It would, it would be great for the city. I mean, ultimately, I don't. It would be it would be great for New York sports, obviously. Um, but still, even if I even if we do lose to the Dodgers and then the Yankees beat the Dodgers, the Yankees are s- still just won a World Series. They're not any less insufferable if they beat a team that's not the Mets. And we lost to the team that beat them. But would you would you have rather lost to the to the to the uh would you rather lost to the Steelers in that in that AFC championship or to the uh Patriots in that AFC championship? You know what I mean? Like obviously the Steelers. Right. Like the loss to the rival makes it so much worse. It does it it it, 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 it does, so but the Patriots weren't winning the Super Bowl. <laughs> it's not like the Patriots were it's not like the Patriots ended up winning the Super Bowl regardless. And right. the scenario is a little bit different. Because we're sort of indirectly losing to the Yankees if we lose to the Dodgers. I guess, but I don't know. But yeah. I guess by transitive property, you can make that claim. Um, okay, so I do want, want to get into parlay of the week. Um, big baseball parlay, because um, there's nothing else to bet on, <laughs> obviously. Um, I, I, I would bet on the Tatum under, though. I bet he might get under zero. <laughs> um, I, bet, I bet he'll still manage that. Um, all right, here's yours. Um, can you just explain this a little yeah, bit? Um, <clears throat> I got all the, these are like the best hitters on all of these teams. Um, five guys. All they have to do is get one hit. Almora, um, not even going to attempt to pronounce the, the guy in the Orioles. Verdugo, <laughs> Frazier, and um, Ben Attendi, who a lot of people think Ben Attendi might be coming to the Yankees soon. Um, but yeah, just to get a hit, it's, it's, June turning into July, slim pickings on the uh, betting. So. Yeah, really, it, not just not just in betting, but just for sports in general. Yeah. J- just for sports in general, it's one of the worst times in sports. People say February is a bad time for sports. I think that's bullshit. I think the worst time for sports is June and July. By far, because February still has NBA, NHL, college basketball. Right. College basketball is heating up. It still has NBA, and the NBA season is starting to get good. It's not like a great time for sports, but it's a lot better than right. June or July when all you have is regular season baseball. Right. Um, and, and I guess we're a little biased because we're bigger basketball than baseball fans, yeah. but still. Um, okay, so um, my parlay is, okay, the Mets getting one and a half. Carlos Carrasco, five-plus strikeouts. Um, and then a bunch of greasy guys to get it, like kind of a greasy, the rest of it is kind of greasy. Uh, Brandon Nimmo, Jordan Alvarez, Starling Marte, Francisco Lindor, and Pete Alonso all to get a hit. So it's uh, $10 to win 143. And, and um, for, so yeah, so I mean, that's, that's uh, not bad for, for those watching. Uh, this is game is going on right now. Uh, Nimmo already has a hit. Lindor also has a hit, um, okay, and it's zero zero in the bottom of the first. Um, really? But yeah, I, I mean, yes. Yeah, so I, I, and the other thing is that I, I'm much when you talk about February and stuff like that. I'm much more inclined also to watch sports when it's like two degrees outside right. than when I can go out and actually do stuff. Yeah, when the that's why I think cold weather cities like in the Northeast sports are more popular than in places where the weather is nice, like right, LA, like LA or something, yeah, Florida. That's what they don't have attendance as much because you know if it's a really nice day out, 
sure, it's great to go to a baseball game, but like, or a football game or whatever, but it's better to go to the beach. Right. Like it, like it's not the best scenario as opposed to like, if the weather is bad outside, if it's two degrees outside, I want to watch sports. Right. Um, that's the one thing about June and like this time of year for sports being slow is that like, I'm okay with it as opposed to in February where it feels worse in a right. way. Well, but it's still the worst time for sports. This year sucks as well because there's not all the, um, the, 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 there was supposed to be a world cup this year and, and it got, there is a world cup this year, but it, it's in November instead of in the summer. And um, so the, the, this year is really strictly baseball. Um, yeah. So if you're yeah. not a huge baseball fan, but even if you are a huge baseball fan, I mean, like the thing about baseball is like it's it's fun to bet on stuff like that, but like the games don't matter as much in the regular season. Like, yeah, they don't. Teams and, and I mean, you do have your some baseball diehards watch 162 games a year right. or something like that, but it's not very common. Very few people are really I mean, like that. The the LA Dodgers this year were swept at home by the Pittsburgh Pirates. Like, uh, yeah, <laughs> like. That's, oh, by the um, way, speaking of the Pirates, you see their shortstop throw like 96 miles an hour? Yeah, and the thing. Oh. What happened? one nothing Astros against the Mets. Fuck. Hey, that's still – the Mets Brantley are still covering. just doubled Altuve scored. All right, um, so the Mets are still covering, though. Still covering, but it's uh, no outs in the – I'm, I'm very pro Carlos Carrasco. I like Carlos Carrasco a lot. He's a, I think he's a very good pitcher. Yes, Cookie. Yes, Cookie. All right, um – all right, thanks for uh, – actually, I, I do um, – actually, before we go, I do want to talk a little bit about the NBA draft. Okay. Um, the NBA draft odds, I saw Jabari Smith is overwhelmingly likely to go number one. Um, you know, I, I was thinking no, about – No, no, the, 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 the odds are changing now. Banchero really? is now, I believe. Favored? Where, where did you look at – I looked at it right before I, we did the show. So maybe they have him second. Um, second, but Benchero was uh, fifteen to one um, start starting the week, and now he's plus two fifty. Okay, so it's a little bit. Okay, so 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 it's a little bit less, is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's minus two ninety. Jabari Smith to go number one. But um, but yeah, I. I uh, I, I, Jamar Go Smith, number two, but, though, it's Chet Holmgren. He's the one favored. On what? To go number two overall. On okay. what? On FanDuel. Um, uh, see, I, I, DraftKings is giving me uh, Benchero. Odd. I mean, I don't – I'm I'm not as into the NBA draft as I used to, um, mainly because a lot of it depends on where the Knicks are picking. So, Like, the Knicks are 11. So, I don't know – I mean, I care about that pick, but it's not like in 2015 when we got Chris Tapps Porzingis. So, um, but the, I will say I'm I'm not as into it as I used to be. Okay, the fact that I don't know who a lot of these players are because some of them don't play college, didn't play college basketball. It's almost like a it becomes a little bit more like a baseball draft. Well, when you're now, no, but when you're well, 11, no, the, uh, but there's a certain there's a little bit more unfamiliarity with the NBA draft compared to the NFL draft. So I wanted to see. What you would say, uh, Jaden Ivey, star player at Purdue last year, shooting guard. Um, Barstool, New York City, is saying that the Kings should pick, if the Kings pick Jaden Ivey with the number four pick, the Knicks would consider sending them for Ivey, Obi Toppin, 
the 11th pick in this year's draft and next year's first rounder. And I wanted to know what you thought of that. Would you be that good? We said Obi Toppin, Toppin. Toppin, the 11th pick in this year's draft, which they have, and next year's first rounder. No. I wouldn't do it. I don't know. Would you be that quick to get rid, get, give up on Toppin as well? No, I, I wouldn't do it. How do we know how good Jaden Ivey is going to be? He's a good player, but he's a good uh, player. But these players flame well, also, out. We also don't know where our pick is going to be next year either. Right. That's what I'm saying. If, I wouldn't if, do if it. Like no. I mean, mainly, mainly for the Ob Toppin thing. Mainly for that reason alone, I wouldn't do it. But no, I wouldn't do that. I don't think that's a good idea. Yeah. I mean, it's so like, you, you agree with me. I probably wouldn't do it because only because of the next year's first rounder, I probably wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. Um, I, right. I would love Jaden Ivey, though. Yeah. All right. So I really have to go. I have to go to work. Uh, thank you very much for tuning in, everybody. Um, we'll be back next week for the season finale. Um, good luck on your bets. And thanks for listening.